Good morning. I don't think it'll surprise you, especially after you saw that, to find out that as a priest, I get asked and say yes to doing a whole lot of interesting things in my career, some of which don't always fit with my schedule or even with my own skill set. Yes, I know that Sunday may be the only day most of you actually see me in action, and I hate to say that a few of you out there might even be surprised to find out that we clergy do work on other days besides Sundays. But I can assure you, it's actually the days in between, Sunday to Sunday, that bring the most interesting and unexpected invitations, requests, needs, and emergencies to my vocation. Over the last few years, lots of Saturdays, the day most of us take off, has started including work to do here at the church in providing baptisms. Most of those baptisms are for the usual cute little babies and children that you'd expect, but occasionally they have been requested for older people as well. I actually baptized a mother and her college-age daughter just a couple of years ago on a Saturday morning, and just a month ago I baptized two older sisters, both of whom were in their 80s. That particular baptism, I have to tell you, ended up being one of the sweetest and most emotional, meaningful baptisms I think I've ever done before. And in addition to Saturday baptisms, I also find myself saying yes and working on a lot of weddings for both young and older couples alike. As everyone probably knows, or at least remembers, each and every wedding must include its own fair share of weekday wedding planning and meetings for premarital counseling. Those are the tough days that must be scheduled to go along with the service and the reception on the big day everyone's looking forward to. And with all those happy services in the church, I, of course, do a good bit of planning and performing for the harder, tougher services of funerals in my line of work. I have to tell you, having been a priest here in Jacksonville for over 12 years and just up the road from Oaklawn Cemetery at All Saints here for over nine years, I sometimes feel like I've made it on to the Hartage Giddens Funeral Home speed dial list. Over the years, I've gotten quite a few requests from our neighborhood mortuary to do funerals, not only here at All Saints, as you'd expect, but also at the funeral home or at the graveside for families who have little or no connection to our church, much less any church. And in almost every case, if I am free and available, I say yes to those requests. And along with all the regular and normal things like baptisms and weddings and hospital visits and meetings and funerals that I expect, there are also plenty of not so normal or irregular things that I end up doing as well in my line of work. Certainly, when the pandemic hit two years ago, a whole new variety of interesting and challenging activities and requests suddenly got added to my clergy arsenal. Things like needing to record worship services on my phone for Sunday morning on a Thursday afternoon in the middle of an empty church, or being asked to make hospital visits and pray with people through FaceTime calls, all the way down to not only conducting all of our church meetings through Zoom on my laptop, but also having to use Zoom to perform more than a couple online funerals and memorial services. 
I now feel like that I've pretty much figured out how to do just about everything online other than physically giving you Holy Communion. In fact, during Holy Week two years ago, I even sorted out how to attach my iPhone to a tripod, balance that said tripod under one arm while I was holding my prayer book on the other side, all while walking through this church, recording myself stopping and praying at each of the 14 stations of the cross. It was quite an accomplishment, and thanks be to God, I did not trip and fall and crack my skull on the edge of one of these pews. Oh, what we clergy haven't been willing to do to just keep people praying and worshiping in the middle of all those quarantines. These are the things we priests, of course, say yes to during our work week. But believe it or not, there are also things sometimes that we have to say no to as well. Things that I ended up realizing were just a little too far outside of my time and skill set or that I just came to believe were a little too far outside the boundaries of the church or Christian faith. I once said no to a wedding because the couple were honest enough with me during our first premarital counseling meeting to admit that they really didn't consider themselves to be Christians. I found out quickly that they were only doing a church wedding because that's what the bride's mom and dad wanted them to do. So that one I said, go off and do it at the ocean or something. I also said no once to a group in my church who wanted to lead a book study on a book that had been written by someone who'd actually claimed to have channeled Jesus and written down new messages of the Lord in the last century. That one I thought was going a little too far. And of course, I've had to say no to things that I just felt were too political or too secular to justify my or the church's participation in. And let's be honest, as much as these are all the kinds of things that you probably expect for a priest to have to say yes or no to, every one of us in this church should probably have a few of our own stories to tell about things we've decided to do or not to do because of our Christian faith and calling. Maybe it was someone or someplace you've tried to help because in your heart you just knew that is exactly what Jesus calls us to do. Or maybe you've had to refuse or step away from something or someone because deep down inside you've also realized that it isn't what's best for you, nor is it perhaps the right thing to do. I think we'd all agree that those are the kinds of decisions that are an integral part of what we all hope faith and religion and the church and the Bible will provide for us. And isn't that also just what we believe today Jesus gives to all of God's children who are trying to follow him and be his disciples? Well, brothers and sisters, these are the very kinds of questions and answers that I believe our gospel is trying to lay out for us this morning to help us better understand and find right action when it comes before us, even in our hardest and most trying of moments. In the gospel of Luke today, we find Jesus gathered with his disciples and followers in the synagogue to worship and pray on the Sabbath day. Now, for Jews 2,000 years ago at the time of Jesus, as well as for the majority of Jews today, the Sabbath day is one thing only. It is a day of rest, as the Ten Commandments in the Torah require of us. 
If you can remember that time, some of you I know remember back in the old days when Sundays were a day when everything was closed and not just Chick-fil-A, then you certainly have your own understanding of what was expected of Jews on the Sabbath living in ancient Israel at the time of Jesus. But even on this holy day set aside for nothing more than rest and prayer, Jesus, the gospel, often tells us, found things that he knew and felt required some immediate action in his life and ministry among us on earth. That action in the story this morning occurs when Jesus is teaching in the synagogue and suddenly looks up and sees a woman entering the synagogue who is crippled by a terrible affliction in her back. Totally unable, we are told, to even stand up straight. The gospel tells us that the woman has been suffering from this ailment for 18 long years, and yet even with this affliction, she holds to those laws of Moses And she comes out whenever she can to the synagogue to worship God and to pray on the Sabbath. So when Jesus observes her, he calls the afflicted woman to come over to him immediately. And the Bible says he lays his hands on her crippled body and he heals her, declaring outright, woman, you are set free from your ailment. And she immediately, Luke tells us, stands up straight and takes to praising God which with what must have been great joy and great exuberance. And yet, as amazing and moving as this act of healing certainly must have been for all who were there in that place to see it and observe it, and observe it, the leader of the synagogue, we are told, has a different view. For him, Jesus has gone just one step too far, and Jesus has broken the most basic rules of the Jewish Sabbath. As the synagogue leader begins saying to all those in the crowd, there are six days on which to work and which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured and not on the Lord's Sabbath day. And before we join, rightfully so, in condemning what is obviously senseless agitation at a really wonderful healing during the Sabbath, Don't we all ourselves need to remember the moments in our own lives when we found ourselves feeling like the things we need to do are too soon or out of schedule with when they need to be done? Maybe we see ourselves as running a risk of breaking rules that we know are out there in our social environment. Perhaps we might put off people by doing this who we respect or call our friends if we decide to reach out and do something differently because of our faith in Jesus. I have to tell you, as a priest and pastor, this is certainly the hardest part of every request that's come my way. Every time someone asks me to come out and do something, every time I find myself putting on the collar and going out into this world, representing not just myself, but God in this church. And believe me, often the decisions that are put before me make me at odds with the best of plans I've made, even with the expectations I have from good friends and colleagues. But brothers and sisters, just as the synagogue leader is finding out, I hope by now you know that God's time 
the time we might be called as his followers to reach out and help someone and show someone love and compassion, to be the hands and hearts of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. For those we meet who are seeking him is hardly ever the best of scheduled times for us. I have had to learn that myself many times in my 15 years as a priest. God doesn't always follow the rules either of the way we generally feel that those rules need to be followed. For the God of love and mercy that we believe in has actually been known to go against rules that impose hurt and pain and disengagement on anyone who is honestly reaching out for repentance, forgiveness, salvation, and resurrection. And this morning, Jesus himself calls out those questioning the act of healing on the Lord's Sabbath day, saying to the leader of the synagogue and all who are following the rules and trying to block the way of compassion and mercy, you hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox and his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water. And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from bondage on the Sabbath day? This, I believe, is one of the most damning attacks Jesus will make on his fellow Jewish leaders in the New Testament. And I have to say, it comes down to us in the church as well today. If anyone will take what they love, what they care about, their animals and their livestock down who need a drink of water on a day of holy rest. How could anyone refuse the serious need of a fellow human being, not to mention a neighbor and a fellow believer who is seeking not just water to quench their thirst, but healing from the fountain of life of Jesus Christ? Yes, the laws of Moses, just as the laws we try to follow as disciples of Jesus Christ today in holy living, have a reason and a purpose, but they must always be understood as only one part of the greater exercise to build us up into the children of God that we were created to be in the world that God calls on us as the church to reach out and offer healing and hope to. Brothers and sisters, not everything in the Scripture has deep theological meaning that requires serious academic study, parsing, or explanation. Some things are as simple as Jesus calling on us to put our faith first in Him and to reach out and do what is right to a world that needs it. Sometimes that requires immediate action, and sometimes that simply requires a caring, yes, I will help, or sorry, I cannot do that. Take a deep breath this morning in everything that you face outside those doors and remember what Jesus has done for you, the good news of hope and healing Jesus has offered you in the hardest of times and ask yourself what Jesus would do when you are faced with the same issue for others. Amen.